I thought we gave ourselves the best chance of getting something out of the game. You know, it's not necessarily the way that we would like to play. I think we just need to get down the line of the ball a little bit quicker. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. Hello, welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. In light of Stoke City's efforts over the past week, uh, we're not going to have a good, fun introduction. No authors sending us words via chat GPT this week. Instead, it is I, Chris, and the solitary Matt, <laughs> no one else, just a duo, to discuss a week where, well, let's be honest, it was Southampton and Leicester, and at the end of the last podcast, where we had won, believe it or not, uh, I think we both had said, we expected nothing from these two games. I suppose with that in mind, I should also caveat by saying no Dave means no voices of people. So you stuck with our voices, which is a shame because, you know, I wanted another person rapping and, and, and that type of thing. But with, with all that in mind, Matt, with that in mind, with the fact that we said last week that, <laughs> oh, I don't expect anything from these games. Why, Matt, do I feel just an overwhelming sense of disappointment? <laughs> I I don't know, Chris. I mean, it's just... It's all... <laughs> like, I think everyone expected not to get a result, particularly this weekend, right? Mm. But I think if you set up in a 10-0-0 formation and then openly admit in your presser after that, oh, we were just kind of hoping that something would change at around 60, 70 minutes... That's what I do on Football Manager when I'm having a bad day. And I'm just like, I can't be asked to think about this. Um, Southampton's a bit different because we did have quite possibly the worst referee (laughs) in the world uh, officiating our game. But I, a lot, and a lot of people said, you know, they they showed a lot of fight and all this kind of stuff. And that is true. And I, I, I certainly don't think Southampton was as bad a performance as we've, had previously or as bad as Leicester was for reasons we'll get into. Uh, But ultimately we lost another home game that against the team that, yeah, they've come down, but a lot of teams have taken on and actually beat this season. Mm -hmm. And we're in the month of October, we're 21st in the table and we've got a manager who still doesn't know his best team, his best formation or just what to say anymore. Like he just, He's just saying anything now and hoping it sticks. That's my impression. I I feel I would be remiss if I didn't point out that we are we've got a lot of players out injured, right? A mm-hmm. lot of players mm-hmm. out injured. And and then I try my best not to go on Twitter <laughs> anymore because um it's dirt and you should all get off it. But when when I, I do like to go on it just to see what the general reaction mm-hmm. is to things, not to engage in debate with football anymore because oh, it's just, just a waste of time. Uh, but like just to get a general uh, barometer of the mood. And I did see there's a lot of people who are very cross and very anti-Alex Neal. And there are a, a good few, and there is a good few, who are still wishing for patience and say we can't rightly judge him. We have 10 players out or whatever it is. How much of how we're playing is based on the fact that you know we are we've got a lot of injuries? Is is it fair to judge things 
at this point, do you think? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I think based on the fact that he has been here now for fifty-one games, mm. and I know I know we've had a lot of flux in the squad and stuff, but even when we had fit players, he was still chopping and changing every week. There was no. There was no consistency in any of the team selections. And obviously that's now been taken out of his hands. My my big problem is setting up at the King Power State. Yeah, King Power. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say Walkers. It's not been Walkers for 15 years. <laughs> uh, the King Power Stadium. And like we're playing Man City. Now, don't get me wrong. We are severely shorthanded, to use a hockey term, Uh uh, we are severely shorthanded on the injury front, and Josh Lauren, I think, was filling in at centre back, right? Um, but that's that's, set... n- that's never a good start. No, no, I mean, it's we, not. We, it's we not. joked, I think, before about a defensive midfielder filling the centre back gap. Yeah, like yeah, you, when you're in a position where that is the situation, of course, Ben Wilmot is. Yeah, pictures went around online of him walking around on crutches after the game. Or um, yeah, against Southampton. Meaning we have one defender, <laughs> so like yeah, like yeah. I, I don't, I don't think any rational Stoke fan, however few they may be, believe that we would go into this game and we would win this game and we'd play excellently. But I, I just have a real problem with setting up a team like that, which is inevitably to lose a game. It reminded me very, very strongly of when Hughes just decided to throw the Chelsea game. Yeah, um, in the yeah, relegation yeah, yeah. studio because yeah. that wasn't important. We were never going to win that one anyway, and then we proceeded to lose the next game anyway. Yeah, he has got a bit of a break with the rel- with the international break coming up now well, to get some players back. But that's it. Yeah. Just reminded me of that, and that specific comparison rattled me a lot because well, I was like, mm. every game in the championship is winnable. In well, my this, opinion, this is it, and and you know, don't get me wrong, Leicester are proving to be a really decent side, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. obviously. It, it's it's hilarious to say the financial disparity between our our teams is is noticeable, but I mean, you know, we've been down here a long time now. Our squad is not <laughs> the same quality as Leicester's. I don't think anyone can say that uh, that they're even comparable. But I just I don't want I I don't want people I wouldn't want people to think that I think that uh, we should have been going there. We should have been winning. That ah oh, Alex Neal blah blah blah. My only issue is now it's not my only issue, but <laughs> I I just I yeah I don't know w- what the point of the game plan was, mm. but I, but I okay no I, right let me try and let me try and speak through what I'm thinking because I get I get why he set up like that sure Leicester are yeah. really good I get why he did it for that game but across the whole of Alex Neal's tenure. I don't know what it is he does. I don't know what it is that he sets up. If someone tried to say to me what type, uh, oh, Alex Neal, what type of football is he trying to play? Couldn't, I could not tell you. I couldn't tell you what his like preferred tactics are apart from, oh, we don't like, we don't like this. Um, his, <laughs> his words from the from the Leicester game. Our, our game our game plan was to come here frustrate and try keep Leicester at arm's length. We wanted to get to the late embers of the game and see if we could have a little bit of a go. The first goal changed the dynamic of the game. <laughs> when uh, We then wow. kept it going <laughs> until the 60th minute. Then, when we decided to have a go. We discussed that. It was always going to be the game plan. <laughs> uh, like, like I, again, it, yes, I get 
like I, I understand what he's saying. I understand that. Yeah, hold them at arm's length, and then dying embers of the game. They're frustrated. Try and get them on the counter. Understand that, but that doesn't strike to me as mastermind. I know the entirety of football. No, that strikes to me like. I could, I could make that uh, up. And yeah, then, oh god, yeah. and I feel uh, so stupid, like saying no, but that. It's, like... it's, it's, it's. And obviously, there would have been more mechanics in his instructions. Okay. I assume to the players, but ultimately, he was putting ten men behind the ball in a rigid shape, and everyone was just filling in the space when they had the ball and waiting for them to pass and trying to pick off the pass when it happened. Like, and I, yeah, I think anyone could coach that, set up with that. Like, and say that's what they were trying to do. And well, that's, let, an, that's yeah. a problem. Let me ask you this. His final remarks, he talked about, you know, oh, it's a difficult place to come. He that's says, we gave it everything we have got. Do you think they gave it? Ev- like, I mean, maybe I was just cross. And, and um, you know, when you get cross at football and you're like, ah, you're shit. Yeah, they're rubbish. They're not even, <laughs> they're not even trying. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think they, they, they did try. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm never really want to fall into the bracket of people not trying unless it's like particularly egregious cases. It just never yeah. because because like I I'm so bad at football. No, that I, I, yeah. I, like, Is he, okay. Well, let me rephrase then. Maybe we all, you know, we give it our all. Are we just not very good? <laughs> yeah, that's that's more accurate. Yeah, and I think. I think the big, the most damning thing was like if you're keeping a team at arm's length. In my opinion, what that means is you're trying to stifle them, right? You're yes. trying to stifle them on the ball. You're trying to stop them from building up phases and, and passing through the lines and stuff. There's a screenshot which I took just before the first goal goes in, where we are in a rigid formation, mm-hmm. and all eleven of our players are in a perfect, you know, four 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 two style formation, thirty yards out from our own goal. We're not we're not keeping anyone at arm's length. We're just like we're just saying you can just pass to whoever you want. And yeah. the problem with that is it when we win the ball back, I mean not the, not that we did in the opening 20 minutes. I think there was 95% possession, and that's not an exaggeration, I think. Um where, if we won the ball back in that situation, the most advanced player is Nathan Lowe, who's halfway inside our own half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where where's where's oh. the outlook? Where's where where are we relieving the pressure? Like how many times? Yeah. Have we seen teams come down to the Bet365 Stadium to shit house and to stifle us and to do everything that we are trying to do to Leicester, but do it successfully because they actually do take a chance and they will leave a guy further up the pitch or out wide ready for a break or that kind of thing. And that's the problem. We didn't, we put it's fine saying we wanted them at arm's length, but they weren't at arm's length. They were at very close quarters and yes. we had no outlets or pressure releases whatsoever. And it's inevitable that you will concede in that situation. And yeah. we did. And that's, yeah. that's the way it went. It's it's a, it, it's it's funny because it's a far flung way from the Tony Pulis method, which was essentially the same thing. Uh, yet somehow I just, I don't know, I just don't think we'd I, I don't think I'd mind necessarily if we were a defensive team. Like if if we were actually very good at it, it's just I don't have much. Tr- I don't have much trust in them playing that. I, th- I think under Pulis as well, you, you can always make the argument that, like, I don't know, like half the teams in the Premier League are virtually impossible to be at home or very difficult to be at home. So you could understand when 
Tony used to set up in those formations, right? To a degree. I don't always agree with it, but like you can understand mm-hmm. when he just wants to get to 40 points. But like for goodness sake, it, it goes back to what Dave said on previous pods. For God's sake, what is the worst that can happen by just putting a creative player in a creative role and well, letting him letting him spitball a bit? Well, let me tell like, you what's the going... worst that could happen because <laughs> I have the match stats in front of me. Uh, bearing in mind, it finished two nil. Of course, game uh, goals for uh, Ianacho and <laughs> really funny. So, um, didn't see the second goal. I was away. Phone went. Ping! Oh, Jamie Vardy's coming on. Minute later, goal. <laughs> Jamie. Vardy. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, so, uh, possession, seventy-four percent to our twenty-six. Shots, fourteen to our two. Seven of those were on target for them. One was on target for us. We did share the the corners, and we were pretty equal on the fouls as well. But yeah, uh, giving up possession. And shots, I, yeah, I, I kind of get it. I just, but, and I think, I think as well, like it's not like he says that we got till sixty minutes. We conceded forty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's no point saying, "Oh, we got to sixty well, minutes." What, and the game has fundamentally thing. changed. Well, I mean, and he's, but this is right. This is the thing again. I don't want to. He knows more about football, but when he says the mm. first goal changed the dynamics of the game. That was always going to be a possibility, Alex. So what was your plan for that? Right, Plan A, get to 60 minutes, we'll hit them on the counter. It's nil-nil. What's the plan when we go down on to a goal at the 24th minute? What what happens then? Like, And that's the thing. I don't... It's that same old thing. Oh, we've conceded. Well, I don't yeah. see them changing the game plan. Um, yeah. and And, you know, like... Lineup wise, reckons we were in a four four two. Which, yep, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I we we mentioned it last time. Poor Nathan Lowe scores a goal. <laughs> now gets two starts because, of course, he does. And I already see people on the line saying, oh, "He's not good enough. He's not ready." Yeah, of course he's not. He's eighteen years old. He's he's like, could just come on. Like he's he's barely in the team. Like, I just, yeah, I feel like that poor lad's got some I mean, stick, which... Against um, against Southampton, he did some pretty decent hold-up play, got some pretty, you know, some pretty decent uh, yeah. headers out wide to, like, the wingers and Haksabanovic and stuff. I mean, it's difficult to talk about the Southampton game without mentioning, of course, the, the referee and, and the fact that, he, you know, low definitely earned a penalty that wasn't given and... Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess if we are, if we do want to play, I don't know why we want to play devil's advocate for Alex Neal, but if we do want to play devil's advocate for Alex Neal, you could say, yeah, we have, we have missed out on what six penalties or something. He's got a massive injury crisis running through the squad. Um, but I, I personally don't think that much would be that different if we'd got those penalties, really, because no. game games change all the time. Based, funny, fully enough, like Alex Neal said. The dynamics of the game change when a goal is scored, so there's no guarantee we, you know, we win any of those games or, or otherwise with those decisions. And I, I feel we're in a situation at the moment where anything that can go wrong is going wrong. Um, you've got Ben Wilmot crashing into the post. The last, the thing everyone once said at the start of the season was, "Oh God, we've only got three centre backs. I hope, 
<laughs> I hope we don't get an injury crisis at centre back. But then he also keeps persisting with three centre backs. Yeah. For the entire for, for a lot of the time there. So you, yeah. you're inviting it on, and it's just yeah, it's it's a real, real, real mess. And we've got a really horrible rest right. of the month coming up as well. Here's a question for you. <laughs> in the in the now infamous pub in, pub chat oh, with geez. Alex Dale. Jesus, sorry. He, I, I, I think we've mentioned this before. I might ask you this every few months. <laughs> he mentioned that for different teams, we would set up in different ways. Have you seen the different ways? I mean, to a degree, in as much as the doesn't, there's not a settled eleven. I think I think we pick a team and a system based on what he perceives mm-hmm. the other team is going to play like. And the, the the thing is, he got off to a great start because he he got Rotherham right. Yeah. <laughs> so he can say that, and yeah, we we you know shoved ten past them in a week or whatever it was. So who cares? But I, I, I yeah, there comes a time when things are going so so badly when I think you just need to focus on doing your own thing mm-hmm. correctly because I don't even think we've seen but for a five game period in March last year uh, this year sorry. Um, I don't think we've seen what he wants to do with the team without any context to the opposition. <laughs> and that's really sad, especially now when we have on paper some really, really exciting players. Um, it's 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 bad. It's really, really bad and concerning. And, you know, we're, I, I, I think I, I don't think I said on the pod, but I think I said to you um, a few weeks, a few weeks ago, like, I just feel like we're in that situation where we're just waiting for him to be sacked eventually. It might yeah. happen in four weeks it might happen in four months but i just feel like we're inexorably on that pathway now i think some people got themselves quite excited at the at the Mm -hmm. weekend because because john percy mentioned that um yes you know oh always he's so the the owners must make paying (laughs) attention soon and and like yeah sure that's that's cool um but i again i don't think he's going anywhere no, you know? no, I, I, I and, and and to be fair, I understand why. I said I said a few weeks ago I don't want him to be sacked yet because it would make a mockery of the summary got given, and I still I still oh. hold to that. Obviously, if the situation becomes untenable and he loses like five on the five in a row from here, then yeah. But <laughs> no, sorry, I've just done some maths. So so far this season, Pat, including cup games. We've scored 19 goals. <laughs> ten, 10 of them <laughs> were against Rotherham. <laughs> oh my God. It's bad, isn't it? It's bad. <laughs> we're 11 That's... games into the season. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, and if, the thing is, well, six of those were in the cup, weren't they, as well? So it's not even like the majority were scored in the league. Oh, like, we just no. can't. Oh, yeah. And, and so then, I think this is what I mean. There's just no. I feel when we score, it's more through luck than judgment. I feel yeah. like I don't, I don't like the Larris goal. He just swung a, a boot, <laughs> and it and it and it happens to go in the net. Fair enough. Good, <laughs> good goal. Um, <gasps> Vidigal against Hull. Who cared? No one cared. We were three 0 down. Yeah. And it just happened to go in. So even some of the goals we have scored have been like, God, I don't. Yeah, I mean, my just to, just to, again to to bring back in some more math. So I I was curious about his record because I saw today that he, he we've won 56 points in the 51 league games he's had Good. which yep. got which which got me to thinking about Michael O'Neill's final mm. season and his his final 51 games 
because it, it tallies up quite nicely because uh, we're 11 games into the season now. He had 40 last season. Mon had 46 games and then five to start last season. So it, it kind of works out. Um, in his final 50 games, Michael O'Neill got 66 points. So, and, and, and Michael O'Neill was pretty much at the end of his time here anyway, across that 51 games. I think it's fair to say by the time it ended, I think most people, including myself, were reasonably fine if he'd have been sacked at the outset of uh, the summer of 2022. That would have been fine. So for him to be 10 points lighter, <laughs> having then had an entire summer to sign all of his own players and to having a history as a manager who's come into teams and had an impact, because that's how he got his both of his promotions at Norwich at Sunderland, he didn't start the season with them. He joined halfway through the season. For him to have 10 fewer points is really shit. Like It's really yeah. bad. No, it is. And, it, it's absolutely yeah, like, poor. Like there's, And I understand why people don't want to necessarily criticise him for a lot of last season, but the fact is that's management now. You join yeah. a team that you don't compile and you have to get the best out of it. And he... he you know, he hasn't got anything out of it, but for a, a, a five game period where we actually won three and drew two. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've not won four on the bounce for years, years. Like it's crazy. Um, yeah. So it's, it's hugely depressing. I, think... I don't think he's going to be sacked. Like, no, like that's the thing though. Cause like, <laughs> like I, he's just not going, he's not like, he. This is the guy that they wanted. Yeah, they, they, they exactly this. I I am convinced that for John Coates and alike, this is Alex Neal's a coup, a coup of a signing. Right, this is this is proper good stuff, and it just even if he was to go, I wouldn't have faith. We get Chris Wilder. That's what would happen. And and fans would be like, oh, yeah, you got Sheffield United promoted by playing three at the back again. We're right back at the same mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I'm telling, I am right. <laughs> Money on the table. Chris Wilder becomes Stoke manager. We are going to be in the exact same position. He'll have, in, in 51 games time, we, under Chris Wilder, we'd be in the same position. I swear it. Just because I just don't think... Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think we're just cursed. We're cursed as a club. At least think... Mark Mark Hughes is on the market now again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I like. I, I you know, I think it's telling about Hughes's credentials these days that he, he basically <laughs> he basically had ten years of uninterrupted management in the Premier League, and then after Southampton, he just didn't get another job, <laughs> yeah. and he had to drop down to like League Two. Um, you know, I think that speaks about how how quickly the game moved on and left managers like Hughes behind and and, and I, th- I guess this is the other thing about Neil that people say he's this fantastic tactician I just view him as a slightly less excitable version of Nathan Jones in what he says like he a lot of what he says is stuff that other managers have said before and I think I think he gives the impression well he knows football obviously he's a professional football manager he knows what he's talking about <laughs> but there's there's a difference between knowing what you're talking about and imparting it onto a team and in his entire time here he has just singularly failed to do that we don't do anything that he says we're supposed to do in fact most of his post match press conferences are him just talking about what we didn't do and what we should have done so go figure you know what I mean it's 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 very difficult to 
to get enthused about him in any way anymore. Um, and like I say, I, I just feel now similar to how I did sort of towards the end of the Michael O'Neill era where everyone's just kind of waiting for a run of games or something to catch the eye of the Coates family and they decide to make a move and, and sack someone after giving them a summer. Um, but the next and... three games be that run. We have Sunderland at home, Jesus. Leeds at home, Borough away. Well, the good news is Leeds, Leeds have never humiliated us at home in a mm. difficult run. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure that'll go just fine. Yeah. Um, Sunderland will want to absolutely batter us, won't they? Oh god! They, it, they, like, <laughs> like they. If he, gonna... yeah, I feel like even if the coats don't do it, if we lose to Sunderland and it's like a bad loss, <laughs> like fans are going to be cross. Yeah, probably. yeah. I, 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 I think this fits into that. Uh... I think Southampton and Leicester fit into a bracket of acceptable losses. It goes back to that thing I think we were talking about Huddersfield the other week, where if we'd have lost to Huddersfield, it's code red. We lost to Huddersfield, um, and I think I think Leeds fit into that bracket as well. But I think Sunderland is one that we seem to take quite personally, probably because of the circumstances of Neil's um, hiring. Maybe I don't know. Um, well, it's certainly it... yeah. I mean, they've certainly not really missed the man have they like... no no and they and and i think that like they've got tony mowbray in charge and i think tony mowbray doesn't exactly inspire much in no. me but he's clearly doing a better job than alex neal is as are 20 other managers in the league um so what can you say and i think i think the worrying thing is if you were to look on the balance of probabilities in these fixtures and you would say that there's a greater than even chance of us being in the bottom three by the time it's finished. Oh god! Gotcha. By the by the time this month is over, and then, and then you what? You're into sort of November, in a relegation scrap, like which is exactly where we were <laughs> same, under Nathan James. Same, so, yeah, same so, as it so, ever same, was. Yeah, same as it ever was. So, yeah, oh, I god. think I think it's it's it never ends. It never ends, and I think we were so think, optimistic in the summer. How happy we all were. They did some nice tweets and everything, and we were really positive. <laughs> None and, of... <laughs> the problem is, though, the, 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 I tell you, right. So, what we said under own Michael O'Neill is that I liked O'Neill. He's nice. He seems all right. I don't really care for many of these players. It's just blah, blah, blah. And then you gradually got used to them, and you kind of liked the players. They were, you know, they tried. They weren't the ta- most talented bunch. This lot of players, I actually really like. I like a lot of them. I I think that we've got a, a, a decent bunch. Just really don't like Alex. I mean, I mean, a lot of them have all the hallmarks of people who could go on to be really cult figures. Oh, and like, they, this is you know like yeah for sure. This is the thing. Like in a good season, you can imagine like I don't know like the cult of Haksavanovic, for example, like mm-hmm. a guy who has. Lots of like good tricks and flicks, and and has a like a bit of an attitude to him. Um, Jun Ho Bay obviously just brings with him a whole aura of mystery and <laughs> and potential, and it and it's just sad to see them being used in the most negative way possible to try and get to sixty minutes and see where we are. <laughs> it's like like it's Sunday league, and they've all of sudden it's nil nil, lads. It's nil nil. Don't you know? Like you know, and it's just. Well, listen, yeah. we're only we're only eight points off the playoffs and only twenty points off Leicester at top. So. Well, I mean, I mean, I think Ipswich as well. I think first and second yeah. are eight, eight points. Jeez, they, yeah, I mean, it I, is I, crazy. and I think 
I think this comes back to one of the bigger sort of problems that I think people who advocate what a difficult job Alex Neal has had have in reality. There are a lot of managers in this league who have very much more difficult jobs than that, that than what Alex Neal has had. John Eustace took over Birmingham last season where they were unanimous, unanimously expected to go down bottom of the table. They've had their takeover now. They're what, fifth, sixth? Mm-hmm. Hull. Sixth, yeah. Yeah, Hull had a big takeover. Exactly the same situation as us. Um, lots of transfers, doing really well comparatively. Ipswich, League One last season, on an incredible run. Incredible run of happiness, which I absolutely hate. <laughs> I hate it. The thing, but the, they're really good. <laughs> but the, I think, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these teams, maybe not necessarily Birmingham, uh, but certainly like your Ipswiches and stuff, they've had a very, very strong um project for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Them mm-hmm. in League One that I mean, I listened to not the top twenty podcast. They predicted Ipswich to go up the, into like championship this season. They were then and so far they're spot on because they said that that upward momentum is just beautiful. Now don't get me wrong, I genuinely think with the appointment of Jared Dublin and stuff that we are starting at least at the start of getting the system right. But I, I don't know. Obviously, you can't see results straight away, but no. it does just no, feel like but... we've got the wrong man coaching yeah. for, for what yeah. we're trying to do. And But I also don't think that we really have a vision of what it is we want to do. No, and I think, I think that comes back to the old thing about Neil joined because, and he, he's spoken openly about this, he's joined because of the freedom he gets from the owners to change what he wants. And the, the trouble is, I think when you do that and you don't necessarily give a manager oversight, uh, you don't you give a manager full oversight on things, they will just go and buy everything in sight. They'll change everything in sight because they want everything to be perfect. And I think the best clubs have some kind of system and rigidity in place which says, all right, I know you want to change this, but no, because this is actually working really well for us. And, you know, we've we've undergone so much transition on and off the field. I mean, when Neil arrived, he, he actually said, and again, you can go back and, and check this, fact-checked, Snopes, all this kind of stuff. Um, you can go back and check it. He he was like, I don't want to really um, sack anyone. If everyone's doing the job to a level I consider acceptable, I don't feel the need to make massive changes. That's what he said on his arrival. And then by December, he'd sacked about two-thirds of the coaching staff. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he has grossly underestimated the job. I think I think that's fair to say. I think I think he took over thinking that everyone who was here beforehand was just a bit incompetent and we were severely hamstrung by FFP, which we, we just, were. Yeah. We just need and that, a strong, strong man who knew yes. the entirety of football. Yes, exactly. And I think he went, I think he came in here, I think he took a look and was like, right, I can sort this out. So you know, he, he has these big press conferences where he says all the words and all the you know all the, all the slogans and then I think it it slowly gets revealed to him that oh this is actually a really really damaged football club yeah on yeah, so yeah, many yeah. levels and mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's just been too big a job for him and I think it continues to be and I know he's got a lot of EFL experience I always hear about his EFL experience but ultimately he has not got any experience in building a squad to promotion in this in this in this country mm-hmm. No. He hasn't. That you can't. There's no argument for that. He didn't get pressed and promoted. He he got Norwich promoted with a team that wasn't his, relegated with a team that was his, and then sacked with a team that was his. 
Mm-hmm. Sunderland, he took over when they were in fourth and got them promoted by the playoffs, left because he didn't like the squad building that was happening out of his hands at Sunderland. So there's no there's no evidence for him being capable of building his own team and leading yeah. it to promotion. And however fancy he likes to be in his press conferences and whatever he likes to say, that remains the case. And we're 21st, and the only teams below us are a team we've stuck 10 past, a team with Gareth Ainsworth in charge and Sheffield Wednesday, who are just awful. So <laughs> who, who, have, the... <laughs> who have more chairman statements than they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's not, it's not really I'm... the best. It's not really the best crowd to be um, around. No. As I say, 52% of our goals this season have been scored against Rotherham. So <laughs> that is, mm, yeah. Oh man, that is fun. Uh, I, I just, yeah, it's depressing, really, Matt. It is depressing. Um, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not, is it? Like, we're, uh, we're, we're going to be fine this week. I'm going to have yeah. a nice week. I'm seeing you on Wednesday. That will be are, nice. You are, yes. But, you like, are. yeah, but it's just football. <laughs> it's just football. You don't, yeah, you don't need to get cross at an eight-year-old fan in the stands. I, I did I did laugh at the clarification that it wasn't at the eight-year-old fan. Yes. Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's a, it's a rational reaction. <laughs> yeah, good. it was a good video that was doing the rounds online where it looked like two um, Stoke fans were getting very cross with an eight-year-old. But I mean, uh, but yes, clarification. It wasn't I mean, the bloody I, eight-year-old that was making them throw at the mouth. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen fans do that anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. yeah, it's not like... Oh, and I've seen some vicious eight-year-olds. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. Like, there, are, there are some horrible kids. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, a few minutes remaining. Any hippo feeding this week? Yeah, just the, the referee from the from the Southampton game. He was he was horribly bad. Like, mm-hmm. I, think, I think if there is a game this season where I feel like we've been conned out of something, it was that game. Um... He was just horrific, um, and yeah, it's just not good enough at all. The, but it, it, you know, it doesn't matter which which team you are; it will come to bite you eventually, and it's not, not good for enough sure universally across the league. The um, the drone is flying to pick that referee up now to go right. drop him in <laughs> yeah. the um, between now and the international break finishing. What would you like to see? from the club in terms of like what what I, I suppose not in terms of what what could the what media would the club put out what i suppose what would you hope alex neal's doing now i would yes. hope he is surveying the injury situation and seeing which players are probably going to be back in a couple of weeks time and i want him to be making a nice coherent plan for how he wants his team to play mm-hmm. with uh, jun hobe in the most creative role possible that's that's what i want Basically, yeah, well, I, and I think that that's I think that's absolutely reasonable. Um, I don't suppose we will really chat next week because what is there to chat about? Um, we talk we... about the uh, the Challenge Cup, Chris. We talk about we we could we could do a we could do a, a an ice hockey podcast, but I don't think many people would listen to that. Um, we we'll just, just dress it up with a fake name; they'll never know. I mean, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I'm Gabe. I'm Gabe. Um, but no, next game then is us at home to Sunderland. Oh, it could be fun. Um, Very fun. I mean, God, wouldn't it be hilarious if we some- somehow <laughs> put loads past them again? 
<laughs> just out one, of nowhere. One win, one, one win in ten, and it's a seven nil victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we 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 take it over the. So, what I would like here's what I would like from the for the end from now until the end of the month. I would like us to score enough goals that l- less than half were against Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'd like. It's not. It's a, I, I don't. It's a fair enough much. goal. Yeah, it's a fair enough goal. As I say, fifty-two percent of our goals were scored against Rotherham this season. <laughs> it's just really funny. All right. Well, yes, Matt. Thank you ever so much, um, and have a lovely rest of your day. <laughs> Likewise, Chris. Thank you. You listening out there? Thank you for listening. Um, we will see you at the end after the Sunderland game. Swap your things around. Let's bring that look to the Potters. Go on, Stoke.